Today, we dive into portrait photography with the amazing Zoe Rain as we go behind the shot. Hi, welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazel. As always, it's a pleasure for you to join us. I am so glad that you're here. And a couple of notes before I bring on today's guest. First of all, yes, I've been gone for a while. After about six years of doing this show, last year just got weird, man. It got really busy with a lot of shows to shoot. But yes, as you can see from this show, I will still be doing the show. I've done a couple of like special shows, like light review. I mean, I'm not sure that they're special, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, light review, stuff like that. But I will be doing these normal shows as time allows. And hopefully I will at some point soon get back to a normal schedule. Okay, let's dive into this because I'm super excited for today's guest. I want to welcome to the show Chicago-based commercial photographer and filmmaker, Zoe Rain. Hi, Zoe. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing quite well. Well, you and I have been going back and forth for, I don't know, two or three months getting this show together. And it is such a pleasure to finally meet you. I thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we could finally We're, connect. You are in Chicago? Yep. Yeah. Like very close to the United Center. Okay. I love Chicago. Fantastic town. If if folks, if you've never been to Chicago, it's something that you should do. But before we get into the photograph that we're going to talk about today, which is a wonderful portrait of, of Ed Sheeran, I want to talk about you for a little bit. I kind of want to get to know you because there's something, as I research you, there's a couple of things that kind of stand out, but there's one thing that that's really interesting. You've been doing this for a while, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm wrong, but you were pretty young when, when the Macklemore Ryan Lewis work that you did took off. Is that correct? Yeah, I was, um, I think, a junior or maybe even a sophomore in high school when uh, I got connected with them. And I was trying to get into venues and shows that were 21 and up um, and, and take photos. Yeah. So how did you end up, you know, getting connected with them is one thing, but how does somebody that's a junior in high school end up touring so young and I'm really curious, both from the age point of view, from the, the female point of view, from just the entire tour life point of view, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Uh, so I had a, a great mentor um, who came into my photo class in high school, and he kind of brought to life the fact that you can make money doing this, which is uh, I'd never considered making Art. I love photography, but it was just kind of a hobby. Um, and so as soon as I heard that, I was like at his hip, like whatever you want to do. Um, and ultimately at that time, it was like weddings was like, wow, this is, that's a dream career. I'll shoot weddings. Like it was just such a, the bar was so low. Um, and he was working with, he was close friends with Ryan Lewis and um, met Macklemore through him when they were kind of working together and starting their first project. And um, so he was, they were, you know, very indie DIY. They'd never had a label um, and, you know, Seattle based really paying for everything, organizing everything, doing their music videos. Um, and so, you know, Jason was helping out like shooting on, I think a Nikon D800, like one of their first music videos, other side. Um, and so, and I was just there. I just wanted, I wanted to shoot behind the scenes. I wanted to be, I wanted to carry cables. I wanted to, you know, whatever it was. Like, obviously that was, um, I was inspired by the music and inspired just by the energy of all of it and kind of the indie indie scene that was surrounding them. 
And, um, and so that happened for a few years and I would, you know, like take photos of, of music videos behind the scenes for, um, like a photo class assignment. Um, I'm sure my fellow people in my class, like did not appreciate that, like what, um, but it, it was an incredible way to learn really quickly. Um, and like, as you would know, like smaller venues, there's maybe there's a spotlight, but usually it's dark and chaotic and there's lasers and like you're working with the hardest conditions to get a good picture. Um, and so that was a really great way to just force my way through the mud and like learn how to, how to do that. And then, you know, once it came to tour a few years later, um, it was so much easier to be, you know, we suddenly were in these giant venues um, after thrift shop kind of broke and everything blew up. Uh, and so we immediately were, I was 20 and, and sent to, uh, I think the first uh, show was in, in UK somewhere and uh, was just kind of flung into the action of these large clubs and, you know, on a tour bus. Um, I was put on a tour bus with, the opener at the time who I didn't know what chance the rapper. And so they had literally thrown like the, there was one, two other video guys with me that they'd kind of scrapped together and I was taking photos and they put us on the, the only bus space they had, which was, you know, this like seventies shag carpet tour bus um, with, with chance. And uh, so it was like very chaotic. They'd never toured and it's not like a label putting it together. It's, you know, right. this, Macmore and his girlfriend figuring it out with Ryan like it was very um it, it was chaos but it was it was fun and it, it's very much like a a family dynamic in a way that I haven't experienced with other artists um and just being that like they you know Ben brought up his his friends and the people around him um as he had you know gotten large and brought his his community together. So everyone kind of already felt um, close and knew each other. And, and it, it really, it didn't feel like a, a bunch of mixed, mix matched people put on a bus. It really felt like a, um, a group that had already had this like relationship and, and family vibe. You, you said something really interesting to me when you said, as you know, you know, in, in clubs, it's, you know, no spotlight, if at all, any light, often it's just backlight. And I tell people all the time that there's this misconception that in music photography, you start here and as you get better and bigger and doing bigger shows and bigger venues, the complexity comes in and it's literally the opposite. I shoot stadium shows or arena shows and it's like shooting in daylight, whereas you shoot these small club shows with these small, you know, I'll use an example of, of some of the metal bands that are out. You, you mm -hmm. shoot these, you know, thousand seaters or whatever. And it's literally one set of truss with lights on it behind them. They're silhouette the whole night. And we as photographers still have to find a way to tell that story, which the lighting director is presenting to the audience and the audience loves. Right. And then the stages are so confined and so crowded. You've got mic stands out of people's heads. If you can shoot in yeah. small clubs, you can kind of shoot anything. It's an insane thing. But, but here's the thing. In, in my time as a concert photographer, we were talking in the green room before. I have a, a lot of friends that are music photographers, that are tour photographers, many of them uh, being female. And, and I'm kind of curious because I've talked to a lot of people over the years that point to, and by the way, and I've seen firsthand that 
male photographers and female photographers in a photo pit on a tour, whatever the case might be, whether you're touring or not, are treated differently. And I'm curious if in your experience, which is more vast than mine in that kind of kind of world, do you see that when touring? Do you have any personal experiences of that, at least that you're willing to share? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the tour I was on was a, a really safe environment because, um, you know, they have first three songs in the pit, obviously. So you're kind of experiencing local photographers that way. Um, but I usually like to not be shooting in the pit during that just because I know that's the shot they're going to get that angle. So I prefer to shoot it from a different perspective. Um, but I, I would say I've more experienced that shooting festivals for sure. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm a, like a very tall person. I'm like covered in tattoos and I just, I, if I have a camera in my hand and I'm like focused and determined to get a shot, like you're not getting in my fucking way, like, right. which is kind of the attitude you need. Um, and, and I think maybe, you know, in society, a lot of like women, we tend to just like apologize for being in the way. And like, it's just kind of ingrained in, in us um, to, to not take up space. And, and you really have to take up space um, in the pit in order to get where you need to be and position yourself and, and be respected. So not to say that, um, you know, I haven't, experience that or you know it's um a, an even playing field but you know I, I tried to not let it affect me or or get in the way of getting the shot and there is something to be said for that that old idea of if you act like you belong you belong right yeah. i've had i've had venues where i needed to go somewhere and i had to walk through an, you know a kitchen where chefs were standing but it's nobody questioned that I was walking through there because I walked through with a, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, geez, you know, like this. Uh, I walked through just like I'm supposed to be there. Like there's nothing, there's nothing yeah. to look at here. I'm walking through here and nobody cares and you're not going to care either. There, There's a lot to be said for that. You mentioned Chance the Rapper. Interesting how you ended up on the bus with with somebody who ends up being you know A-list artist now. But you've also worked with Christina Aguilera. Uh, Kesha and Ed Sheeran, who we're going to talk about today. And you also have some corporate clients like Nike and Wingstop and, and Jordan and Rivian. Do you have at this point in your career, right? Do you prefer a certain type of client or gig? I mean, do you still prefer the live stuff? Do you prefer the behind the scenes or portrait stuff? Do you prefer dealing with the, the corporate clients or do you not care one way or the other? I think every type of job has its own excitement or enjoyment because of it. I think like I, I enjoy corporate or portraiture um, or commercial because there's more control. And I really, it, it feels like I'm able to, you know, establish my style and take control of the situation. And, and so that is a nice way to like show my skill set and kind of my talents um, individually. Uh, versus, you know, I think live music, you're, you kind of are at the, the will and whim of, of the, the color design and the, the light design um, and, you know, making it unique within while working in that atmosphere, which is a fun um, experience, too. I would say, like, the energy I get from shooting live shows, which I'm sure you, like, know very well, um, it, it's unlike anything else. And that's, like... 
I am like a giddy, hyped up, caffeinated human being. Like I just love it, right? And so that paired with like having the opportunity to have a one-on-one or a portrait with a with a musical artist would probably be me. If I could do that and make a living just doing that, I'd probably only do that. It's funny because I, and I try explaining this to people who haven't done what we do, and it's kind of hard to explain, but one of my favorite energies ever in life is about 30 seconds before a headliner takes the stage. Because there is a palpable thickness of energy in a room from an audience, a good audience, that I'm sorry, you can't get that anywhere else. Like you can feel it before they hit the stage in this wonderful, magic way. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything else, at least for me, that kind of scratches that itch. Your your work has really been recognized. You've been in Rolling Stones. Rolling Stone. You've been on subway car ads, billboards, and you've even done some speaking gigs, right? You've been a keynote speaker for Apple, various industry panels, but you do some personal projects that are interesting to me. 3030 Project, Construction for Change, and you have a portrait series, Women of Togo. Explain the Women of Togo for me. That had kind of transpired while on on site, you know, and I shoot thirty for thirty and and construction for change. They they come in and build, you know, um, hospitals or maternity wards in in spaces that need them. And and so you know we've and even schools we've documented, you know, some of the infrastructure and and the communities that that affects. Um, and I actually believe the women of Togo or or people of Togo um, was kind of shortly after shooting this photo of Ed. Um, it, kind of the, the lighting, which, you know, is very much just a simple um, a forward top light and a, and a bounced light from beneath to, to light the eyes. It's like a very simple setup. And I, and I uh, was able to use it just with the, the light of the sun because, I mean, Africa's gorgeous. It's like a whole different light than you experience here. Uh, once I figured out how easy it was to do that on site, um, it was kind of, and everyone like seeing their photo, people go get very excited. And so it, it was easy to have like a, basically just like a run and gun shooting portraits of, you know, filing people in. So we were able to do it really quickly, have it be really cohesive and, and it really felt powerful in the moment. And um, yeah, so we just decided to, to capture um, the faces behind the projects in a way that felt very personal and, and up close. I love that because pers- I, I believe personal projects can can uh, they can change you as a human, but they can definitely change. I think your entire photographic voice, mm-hmm. right? But bo- bo- both in in the type of projects that you pick to be your personal projects and the way you end up executing them, I think you know something like that can literally change your live music photography. It makes you, mm-hmm. I think, see humanity. Or see the world differently. I mean, agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very powerful uh, project to to have completed and look back on for sure. So let's get into a photography question here because I like to ask this of every guest. This is the thinking cap portion. What makes a great photo great? Uh, I mean, I think 
the the original answer is you know what, what is a what is a photograph what is the purpose to to stop a moment um I, I agree with that but i think it is more focused on the energy of the moment right like just as that that palpable energy that is you know right before someone goes on stage it's it's not something that you can discern or, or see or you just feel it and i think that similar energy is is what makes a good photo um but, but i don't know if it's it, it feels kind of uh next level where it's not something that you can discern but we well you can't you know uh describe it but we've all felt it and and can you know have that experience yeah with a good photo so let's go to the business side because this is another question I like to ask people that I know are also business people, which you are. The Rain Studio, which is your studio, your studio space, you also rent that space out. And I think it's an area, you know, for example, you mentioned you were in photography class when the whole Macklemore Ryan Lewis thing started. And I think a lot of people, whether they're trained in photography or pick it up on their own, I think they misunderstand the business side of things. And at least, the lesser experienced people, I think, do. I suppose some experienced people do too. As a business owner, and this goes to the wedding thing that you mentioned earlier too, I know a lot of wedding photographers that would much rather be out shooting weddings, but that's not how business works. What percentage of time, how do you think it divides up between the business side of what you do versus the actual having a camera in your hand? Probably... 10% shooting, 90% back end, whether that's editing, whether that's uh, emails, taxes, whether that's at an event, networking or socializing or meeting new people. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm rarely uh, shooting anymore, which is, which is I think what also is great about personal projects because it just forces you to continue to be active um, and, and like flexing that muscle. Because, uh, you know, we, we always have uh, like seasons and, and going through it now, what it's been 12 years for me, but I had to learn that there will be lulls and waves and it's not going to be this steady, you know, I have this many days that I shoot. Like there could be a month you don't shoot. There could be a month that you shoot almost every day. Um, so, yeah, it always depends, but it's a lot of back end. Uh, that yeah, it's the, li about. the life of a freelancer. Uh, yeah. All right. So real quick, before we jump into the shot, just a quick reminder for everybody, especially those of you that have not seen the show before. This show is Behind the Shot. The website is BehindTheShot.tv. If you head over there, you can find a great back catalog of shows. And I should add, part of the reason I like doing this show is because very rarely is the content that we talk about, because we're talking about a photograph, it's not time sensitive right? You can go check out Joe McNally from two years ago, or you can go check out Trey Ratcliffe from three and a half years ago, and they both still fit. So go check out the website. You can find all the episodes there. Plus, if you're a podcast listener, Behind the Shot is available wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, whatever the case might be, wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to find it in two forms. It's available in an audio-only format, like a standard podcast, but the video is also available as a podcast 
if your podcast outlet supports video. If it doesn't, then make sure to head on over to YouTube because I do put the videos up on YouTube while you're there. If you're watching on YouTube, head down below the like and subscribe button. All the show notes are down there, just like they are over on the blog. There's not as many notes. So on the blog post that I do for this show, I write a little bit about my guest, and I can't do that on YouTube. There are some character limits that they have there, but still, any links that we talk about, anything like that, those are in the description on YouTube as well. Uh, let's get back into this because there's one question that I have, and you mentioned wedding as we were talking earlier. When I brought up the shot I'm about to bring up myself, I always go look at EXIF data. And because I try and discern, you know, exposure data and all of that type of stuff. In the metadata, it actually says Chicago destination wedding photographer. Do you know, still do I weddings? Saw that. No, no. And th I mean, this shot is from 2016, but yeah, I was looking at like my um, f-stop and all those things. And I was like, A, like proud of myself that I had done the metadata at that point. Cause I, you know, it's taken a long time to, you know, get all every duck in line. But uh, yeah, it's funny that it does say that, but no, I did. I do weddings for friends, but not anymore. But you do have all the metadata in there, which I like. And you've got your name in there and stuff like that, which I can't recommend to people. It's so easy to do, folks, whether you're using Capture One or Lightroom or Photo Mechanic or a combination of the above uh, or whatever software, Luminaire, you know, whatever software you're using, put your metadata, your especially your copyright information in there. I'm a big proponent, by the way, of re registering your copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, even if you're overseas. Long story there. So let's talk about this shot because this shot of Ed Sheeran. If I were Ed, this is what I would want my headshot and my portrait to look like. Like this is a classic headshot. And you and I were talking in the green room before I started recording about my, my friend, Christy Goodwin, who folks, if you don't know Christy, she's been a guest on the show a bunch of times, an amazing music photographer, house photographer at the Royal Albert Hall in London. And she was one of the first ones to shoot Ed when he was unknown. Uh, she tells on one of the shows uh, that she was on the story of how that whole thing happened. She did a book on Ed Sheeran. And here's a guy that in this day and age has been photographed a ton. And if I'm him and I look at this come out of Zoe's camera, I am happy as hell. So I want to I want to get the story on this. First of all, let's get the technical stuff out of the way. According to the EXIF data, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're a Nikon shooter. This was a D810, uh, an 85 millimeter 1.4 shot at 85, 250th of a second. Aperture was F6, and it was interesting. The oh, first of all, white balance was auto. It looked like you shot in manual mode, but it's interesting that there was no ISO information in the EXIF data, and I'm not sure why. Was this auto ISO, or do you know what the ISO was? Uh, interesting. No, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I, I, it would have been all manual. Okay. So let's let's start with your your choice of aperture and lens and shutter. 85 1.4, which by the way is a classic wedding lens, right? Wedding photographers love 85 millimeter 1.4 or 1.2. What was your idea in shooting at 85 millimeters at f6? I think I 
when I picked up the 85 and started experimenting with it, I, I did enjoy it more for, um, live shows. I, I hadn't really experimented with anything that was 1.4 before. And I think that was the first lens that a fixed lens that I, you know, was able to handle and, and kind of see that depth of field, which I enjoyed. Uh, but it just feels like the perfect focal length for this shot, like a tight headshot. Um, I, I just think it, it, it's really um, flattering and it's, you know, a good distance for me to be from someone where I'm not up in their face, but I'm not like, you know, so far away that we're not engaging with each other. Right. Uh, and and I, I think uh, just the F6, you know, I wanted to get um, his like lips and, and his glasses and, and a little bit of hair and, and his eyes crisp um, and have a little bit of fall off, but, but wasn't looking for it to be um, relying super heavy on, on a, on a very bokeh um, low depth of field. So I'm going to mention the depth of field that you use here. When I describe this verbally, for those of you that are on the audio feed, I will describe this shot to you. I won't do it justice. Trust me, but I'm going to talk about that depth of field because there's, I, I, truly love what you did depth of field with. F6 was spot on for this. And I can actually imagine even if you'd gone even five, six or five, or if you'd gone to eight, it instantly would have been too much or too little to me. The 250th of a second, you're clearly using artificial lighting here. Uh, why the 250th? Were you just trying to block out all ambient? Was there another reason you went 250? I'm kind of surprised to be honest. I, I think with because I'm using pro photo strobes, I'm, I'm surprised that the 250 didn't give me a little bit of a banding. Um, it's usually wants to be under 200. Um, but I, I think with it, you know it being a, a bright enough shot, I, I guess it was a limited amount of time that I was taking a photo of him, and I, I just didn't want there to be some sort of blur for any reason. So I was happy to just sit um, as high as I, I could without it. Uh, you know, banding from the flash, uh, make sure there wasn't a subtle motion blur that would have driven me crazy uh, in post. So you mentioned you didn't have a lot of time. H how much time did you have for this? So he had actually been, um, Mark Surge is his, one of his photographers that travels with him, a good friend of his, um, and they had come into Chicago and, and needed a space to shoot. Um, and, you know, we have... I have connections with Ed, um, my that same mentor that had taught me in high school. He um, has shot the music video for like six of Ed's music videos, but like Shape of You, which is one of his biggest. Um, his name's Jason, is my mentor, and he's he directed it. So that's kind of how we um, became good friends with Ed. And uh, so yeah, so I was like, I have a studio, um, and at the time it was. A larger space in Pilsen and the area at, in Chicago, uh, and it was a large open loft that I I lived in as well. Um, so he like showed up at my front door, and um, they were kind of shooting together, and we were playing pool, and it was kind of very casual. Um, just they just needed some space to kind of interact with some good light, um, and then I just asked, you know, can I take a couple pictures? Um, and I said, sure, whatever you need. Um, and I think at the time I wasn't as confident in kind of directing someone's attention for a long period of time. So I really wanted to make it super quick and convenient. Uh, so I think this is, I probably shot 20 frames 
Um, I had him close his eyes, took a shot, had him open his eyes, and that's the the image that um, I got to kind of give it a little bit of life. Uh, but it was, yeah, a very um, brief interaction, and, and happily, it feels like there was a, a real um, connection and like a, a moment of breath that we uh, exchanged. None. So, in in the scenario you described for how you got this. Kind of, I don't we want to call it a gig, how you got this shot. None of an artist like Ed Sheeran, even in those days, right? You didn't have a team of his looking over your shoulder or anything. No, it was three. That, yeah, three of us. So I, it was me and Ed and, and another photographer. Wow. Okay. Because see, to me, in my head, it's like, it. yeah, Ed's in front of the camera. And there's three of his team members standing around checking everything that happened. So for those of you that are on audio, let me try and describe this shot. And Zoe, if I butcher it, my apologies in advance. But I, I guess the easiest way to start is what I said earlier. This shot is a classic headshot style portrait of Ed Sheeran. You've got this kind of gray background that has a gradient. It's a little hotter in the upper right corner and kind of fades out down to, towards the left. Um, which I love that it's not the standard, you know, hot behind his head and gradients radial out. It, it's more of, it's not a linear gradient though. It's more of a radial gradient. It's just hotter, not right behind his head. It's it's up in the upper right corner, comes down over his right shoulder. It's still pretty bright, but as it crosses to the other side of his head, it kind of gradients out to a little bit of darkness. But what makes this to me is that 85 millimeter. Like you can see it. He is looking right down the barrel of the lens. The, the camera is exactly eye level. And it's a wonderful, tight headshot style crop, almost Peter Hurley-esque in that there's a little bit of hair, not a lot, not exactly Hurley style, but a little bit of hair off the top. On the right-hand side, there's a little bit of gap between him and the edge of the frame. And on the left-hand side, there's a little bit more less, you know, a, a little looser crop on the left-hand side, which is nice. I. I've seen in image competitions I've judged where people try and put it closer to one side and it doesn't feel balanced, but it feels totally balanced here because of, I would argue at least, how relaxed Ed is. Like his shoulders are so relaxed that it, like I feel relaxed looking at him because he's just, she's nodding her head. You know what I mean, right? There's something in his, the, the demeanor of his shoulders that's so comfortable, right? Yeah, it's it is very calming, and he's such a laid back guy. Like for how famous he is, um, he he is the least uh, celebrity esque celebrity I've ever interacted with. It this comes across like a family portrait, and it's cropped. By the way, I should say it's it's portrait orientation. It's cropped just below his necklace. The image, this goes back to that depth of field in that 85 1.4 shot at F6. The image is almost 3D feeling, right? Tack sharp eyes, tack sharp face, hair. As it falls back, the shirt is a little bit soft. Those relaxed shoulders kind of add to the softness. And then you get to the color. The skin tones and eye color here 
are next level fantastic. Like this, if if I were to meet Ed, specifically the glasses and the eyes, that 3D kind of feeling I'm getting, and it may just be me, but that's how I feel, right? The skin tone and eye color and the, the processing on the eyes here is so killer that it literally draws you in. And by the way, he's also got that almost Peter Hurley style jawline as though he's moving his head forward. This is just ever so spot on, right? And there is that... If you see any interviews with with Ed Sheeran or any you know photos or anything, he doesn't smile like a lot of people do in a photo. And yet here, there is this ever so slight turn up on the corner of his mouth. Did I miss anything in this? No, you uh, you explained it. You pointed out things I didn't even notice. So I think you did a great job. Okay, good. So did you coach him or pose him at all? No, not at all. Um, other than, you know, having him close his eyes, take a deep breath, and then open his eyes. Um, that was the only directive, really. Did you try and snap it, like, as soon as he opened his eyes as a surprise, or you let him open his eyes, kind of settle in, and then snap it? Uh, no, I think, I, you know, I have a shot of him, eyes closed, and then, yeah, the, the moment they opened, I probably did a little burst to grab a few. And he's, I think he's I just, just this knew I got it. Like, yeah. So let's take a hypothetical here, right? Leave, leave Ed beside behind for a minute. Let's say that, I mean, clearly this guy knows what he's doing. And most A-list stars have been in front of cameras so much. They walk in, they nail it, they leave. But I've met rock stars that in all honesty are fine on a stage in front of 20,000 people. But in a room with one person taking their photograph, there's an intimacy there they're not comfortable with. And whether they do it all day or, lot, or not, they're, they're not that natural. So when you have that kind of a situation, do you get involved and do you help them, pose them, make them look more natural? I think starting my career shooting senior portraits, I don't think there's a more awkward stage of life or, or yeah. subject to be exactly. photographing than a, than a high school senior. So I feel like once you, you nail that and you, you know how to make people feel comfortable in that setting, um, it, you know, it's a piece of cake from there. Uh, and I've found that just anything that I can do to get people not thinking about themselves is how you immediately can, can break that, that awkwardness. Um, whether it's, you know, I've at times, almost like played dumb or tripped on a chord or something where like they're immediately focused on, Oh, she looks stupid. Like, great. I'll take it. If I can get you to literally get out of your head. Um, and, and you know, that's kind of the, the price you, you pay to, to make people feel comfortable. It's funny. Cause my next question to you was going to be, how do you get people in front of the camera to be comfortable? And you went right into it. So you're going to be on every show now. Let's jump back into this this shot because one of the things I think may be the star here. I talk about the depth of field, yes, but let's be honest, we capture light and shadow. And I I think the star here is this I'm going to use the word and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but the simplistic, not too much, less is more, but done right 
lighting that you have here. And if you look at this shot right here and right here, you can see reflections catch lights in the eye. And it looks like maybe a beauty dish. Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't look softbox light. I'm not sure. But the other thing is, is down here under the jaw, based on where this light's coming in, kind of it looks like from that angle, or actually more like straight in, not straight down. I'm not doing that to say straight down. But it's it's more centered on his face, but coming in at a slight angle. That jawline, I would think, would be more shadowed. So it, it's like you had some reflector or something underneath, which you kind of alluded to earlier. Tell me what you did lighting-wise here. So... Uh, you know, I would agree with you that, you know, sometimes simplicity is, is best. I, I think there's so many incredible photos that I've seen taken with just a single light. And I think, you know, when people first get into flash, they, you just want to pummel, pummel with light and, you know, use them all. You think the more strobes the better. Um, and usually it's, you know, pulling, pulling back and, and having one direction yep. of light is best. Um, for this, it was a, a beauty dish. Um, without a grid or anything, just open. And um, I was, you know, aiming to have it be, you know, directly in front of him, kind of at a 45 degree angle. And it, it, I think it's pushed a little bit to the right, just so I can get my lens in front of him. So I'm looking him straight on. Um, so it's coming down. And then I, I think right under um, the crop, he's, you know, basically holding a, a big uh, whiteboard. Um, to just catch catch that light, so you ca you can kind of see, um, you know, in his actual eyes, the big almost like square board, and that kind of um, brought a little oh, yeah. bit of light under his uh, chin. So that's just a flat, like white piece of foam board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So okay, couple questions then. And again. For those of you that are watching this that have never tried to dissect a photo, I highly recommend if you find a photo that you love, do what we're doing here, right? Sit down. Now, she knows how she shot it. I don't. Sit down and look at it and really honestly try and reverse engineer it. And I don't mean reverse engineer it to try and recreate it, right? Although that can be a learning experience for you. But if you look on this eye right here, you'll actually see that the catch light of that beauty dish is not exactly centered. The other eye, it is a little bit more, but you can kind of tell that that light's a little bit off center. You can look at his nose shadow to see exactly kind of what the angle of the light is. And then if you think about that, if you were out in the sun and you had that kind of light coming at you at 45 degrees down, you'd be shadowed under here. You can tell something's down there and I didn't even catch it. You can see the reflector in his, in his uh, eye there. That's pretty cool. When you're, when you're, Doing a shot like this, why this is an area I struggle with because I don't, I shoot almost only live music, right? I don't do a lot of uh, artificial light. I have a ton of them. I've used them. I would never claim to be any good at it at all, let alone fast enough at it. But modifier choice is an area that people ask me about a lot because they struggle. Do I want... An umbrella. If I have an umbrella, do I want a reflected umbrella? Do I want to shoot through umbrella, right? Do I want a softbox? If I have a softbox, do I want a grid? And here, you chose a beauty dish. Why the beauty dish? 
I, I just, I mean, this is what it's made for. Like that's literally what it's called is a beauty dish. Cause it, it, it has this, it's like a soft, hard light, um, which you really can't achieve with any other, you know, modifier that I've experienced. Um, cause I, cause I do like the, you know, if I had used a soft box, it, there wouldn't have been a defined jawline. You wouldn't have as defined shadows. It'd be just a little bit more kind of blown out generally. There'd be, not be as much dimension. Um, but again, if you'd use just a, a bare bulb, it's going to be too harsh. It's just going to, you know, it, it, there's something about the beauty dish that I really it, enjoy. And, and it's, it's, um, it is a very small window of, of this soft, hard light that you get from beauty dishes, which is why it's really difficult to shoot with them um, in a wider scene, right? Because you're, you're, the edges are going to, you'll get a harsh light around it. Um, and so it, it just felt like the perfect uh, light for, you know, I really knew I wanted to get this tight shot. Um, yeah. How far away is the light from him? It's probably right at my shoulder so i don't know where i mean i think probably i was probably two and a half feet from him maybe three okay yeah because one of the things i love about the look of this light actually i'm sitting here dissecting it as you're talking and and it's that beauty dish look right if you look at his eyes there's a crispness of all the edges that you're getting between where it fades but look at the shadow under his glasses so you 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 have a soft edge, but unlike a softbox where the edge feathers over a longer period, it's kind of like if you do a drop shadow in Photoshop, you can choose how wide that shadow spreads out. Um, it's the same thing here. It, it's a hard light in the sense that the distance between darkness and pure light isn't very far. It, it's a short fade distance, but it's still a fade. It's not a hard edge. You get a soft edge. And you can see it under his nose. You can see it under his bottom lip. And then again, that jawline, my God, is just fantastic. I'm wondering, actually, if on his own, he did this little cheap move his head forward thing to get that jawline, because that was really good. You, because of your history, you've been around so many people like this, where their public image really matters. and. Sometimes their public image matters more to them than it does to the PR person, right? Everybody has vanity in them. Everybody has a sense of, you know, there are there are lead singers who walk out on a stage with a little bit of a belly hanging over their belt and no shirt on and they don't care, right? <laughs> and then there's very attractive lead guitarists who still want to see the shot and go, I just don't think I look good in that for whatever reason. Like I've had shots I love that I know the person in them didn't like. And I can't figure it out because to me, I'm really picky. I don't want to show a shot that is not flattering to the subject because even if it's a type of music I don't buy and listen to, I highly respect what they're doing on the stage. I want them to be flattered by the shot. You can't read minds. Because of what you do, photographing people like this, whose public image, both from a career and to their personal sense of self, matters so much. When you shoot a shot like this, 
specifically your lighting, your key points of lighting or composition or whatever. First of all, I guess, do you test it ahead of time? Do you do a stand-in a lot of times? You may not have here, but do you pre-shoot with a stand-in so they can walk in, snap it out and go? And what are the key points you're looking for when you shoot this in camera? What are you looking at going no or yes? Yeah, I, you know, it totally depends as far as a, uh, having a stand-in or not. I think with shoots that are more set or there's, you know, a longer period of time, um, it's always ideal to, to test your light. But but even in those cases, I, I find that, you know, with height differences and, and face shape differences, like you, you're, you're going to have your subject come in and, and there's going to have to be some adjustments Um you know, made from, right. from the person that you were test shooting. Um, but I think, and maybe I've always attributed, attributed this to being a, a woman, I think, especially shooting other women. Um, cause I, cause I've seen, you know, I have a, a lot of male photographer friends and, and, and guys that I see photos of women they've taken and I immediately know, Oh, she's not gonna like that. Um, just because I, why, you know, guys are, why, what is it? Help us, help us men yeah. who are idiots. Let's be clear. Help us understand why, why we're, what are we missing? I think there's so much societal pressure on, on women and, and there's every little thing needs to be perfect. I, I think men get a little bit more leeway, um, visually you know you, you can't have like a dad bod's hot but like on a woman there's not really a stereotype of a a, a woman with a, a tummy that's right. like a cool thing right so you know society wise like we're hyper attuned to that and i think just that that sensitivity and, and detail orientation um and just being a woman myself i think you know you just learn uh over the years um what things are commonly insecurities and and I think seeing someone and trying to um, be aware of what their potential insecurities might be, which is kind of an interesting perspective to have and maybe feels a little vain in the idea of you're looking for someone's faults, but you, you kind of need to be because you're, you know, you need to be aware of them and learn how to um, draw, right, we use light, draw, draw the eye away from things that aren't maybe flattering and, and draw the light to where, you know, how they want to be seen. Um, you know, and there's so many tricks um, just with camera angles, with lenses, uh, with, with harsh light versus soft light. Um, I typically don't shoot women in harsher light. Men often can and take it a little bit more um, and it's a little bit, for, a little bit more forgiving. So Well, and also you know, with just, men, if you shoot men with harsh light and you you show the creases in their face and the pores in their face, for some reason society calls that texture and character. Right. And you're going to get that from a harsh light. And with women, that would be frowned upon. Right. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of a yeah double standard, obviously, that uh, makes it you know, women are a little bit more finely finely looked at and judged. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I've worked with artists that don't want me to photograph them from the left side ever. Like, I don't like how I, my left side, I don't ever want to see a photo of my left side, um, which, you know, me taking photos before I knew that, I'm like, this is an amazing picture and there. It's already like, it's from the wrong angle. Sorry. Like, I don't care if I'm blowing fire. Like it's not a good shot. Cause I don't like it. Uh, right. 
And so I think there's just that, there's always going to be uh, kind of a, a, a struggle to, you know, you, people are more insecure of themselves than other people are judging them and viewing them. Um, and so, you know, you're never going to be able to s spot and navigate around everyone's insecurities, but uh, being aware of it. And, and I do appreciate you saying that you, you know, try to put people in a good light. Um, I think that could be a mistake of, of photographers that, you know, it's a really cool photo, but the person doesn't look good. It, it just, it doesn't matter. Like they need to look, um, you know, presentable and in a good light or else they're not going to like it. Um, and that's my first duty and job as a photographer is making sure that my subject feels seen and feels beautiful and feels respected. Um, and so, yeah, that's just something kind of you learn over time, but it's never perfectible for sure. It's funny because from a, you know, people that shoot for media, it's, it, okay. So a lot of music photographers shoot for quote unquote media outlets. They get media credentials, but they don't necessarily treat it as traditional media. For example, in traditional media, no, you don't remove that microphone stand. That's a journalistic integrity issue. But a lot of music photographers, their attitude is, and their outlets are okay with it. My radio station doesn't care what I post. Although I don't do that, but still. Uh, the the attitude is, I want to convey the 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 concept of the show and I don't care if it's a hundred percent real, but when you're photographing humans, it's weird. Cause if you're on tour with somebody, you may learn what they like, but if you're photographing three songs of them once a year, every spring, you may not understand what their vanity is, what their issues with their self uh, uh, vision is. And you can't read minds. So it becomes somewhat difficult to do and so, you know, like what I always do is think to myself, if that was my sister, if that was my wife, would she really want to be seen? I mean, we all have a woman in our life that we love dearly and care about and just put put them in that position and try and think. But, and even then you're going to get it wrong sometimes. But I see people do these photo dumps on social media of a show. First of all, stop because you dumped yeah, 25 <laughs> shots and one of them was really good. Maybe I'll give you two to be nice. Um, so now I don't think you're as good of a photographer as you probably would have been, been seen as if you only dumped one, but two, some of those simply aren't the shot. Yes. They're breathing fire. Okay. But if it, the, the analogy I always use is sit in front of the news whatever your news channel of choice is and hit pause and try and pause a news anchor that doesn't go mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It's really hard to freeze a moment in time during motion and get that moment, but that's your job, right? Especially if they're if breathing singing. fire, say again, I'm yeah. sorry. Especially if people singing, it's like exactly a lot of unflattering shots. Yeah. And that's your job. You've got frames per second you can use. You, you if, if it didn't work, then you should have got it the next time around. Or I've had it to where the bass player jumped off a riser and, oh my God, I want to get it. And I've messed it up. The fact that it's blurry means that I won't post it. It should be the same for everything else. Nobody knows the shots you don't show them. Nobody knows I missed that jump shot, right? Right. Yeah, it's, this is, I could go down a rabbit hole on this one. So 
are there anything, are there any of those never do this things with lighting that you think of? Um, I mean, maybe not so with lighting, but the first thing for live show that obviously comes to mind, which you'll see a lot of artists, their, their PR or managers won't allow it, um, is shooting directly up at someone from a pit. Like nobody looks good when you're looking up their nose. Um, like that's never going to be a flattering angle. It's very rare. Maybe the one, you know, perfectly gorgeously boned human being, uh, it might look good on, but you know, generally it's not going to be the best angle. Um, so that's a good, you can just knock that off your list of you don't need to be in that position. Um, but yeah, lighting wise, I, I think, you know, softer light is always better. Um, harsh light can be harsh. Um, and, and I think light from below is not great. Um, if anyone that's been to, you know, a, a sleepover where you tell scary stories knows that that is kind of a terrifying look on most people. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're on a desert island. You're allowed to have one lighting setup. What is it? Oh, um, what am I photographing? Are there people of interest on this desert island? <laughs> See, it's the follow-up questions that kill me every time. Um, yes, yes. You have uh, a singer you love and a singer you don't love. Okay, well. But you're only no, allowed one lighting friends. setup. Right. I, I think <laughs> as far as having uh, versatility, I'd probably go with, you know, a one pro photo strobe um, with a soft box, like a three footer, not too big, but like three feet where you can, you know, shoot a portrait or you can kind of, you shoot a more moody, uh, full body shot. Um, and I guess, yeah, probably another strobe in there to have like a, a kicker or like a snoot on it. I don't know, hair light. I mean, I'd pack all my lights, but yeah, that's a hard question. <laughs> okay. So last thing before we finish up here, there's something in this photo about the processing that I love, and I'm not sure what it is, but there's something with the way this photo is just brought together in digital form. That's awesome. What would you have done to this shot and post? Do you remember? Honestly, this is one of the only photos that I have no idea what I did. Um, you know, I, I edit in Lightroom and have, you know, a plethora of, um, of presets that I've made that are just from past photos. I'll save it. Um, and so it can be a nice, even just starting point to kind of fan through them and see how they look. Um, whether you use them, usually it's kind of as a baseline and then you adjust for the photo. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I agree. It's, I don't know if I could recreate it. Um, it, it's not super far off from the original. Um, but I would say, you know, I, I generally add, uh, there's some like cyan, uh, in the shadows, um, and maybe a, like a magenta too, maybe in the midtones. Um, it's definitely a little bit cooled down, but Hold yeah, on. I don't know. You normally do that? Cyan in the shadows and magenta in the skin tones? I think when I, yeah, started out, like I, I enjoyed 
blues and the shadows, whether it's a, a cyan or, or a, um, just taking some yellow out. Is your, is um, your, but, so your goal is to, to, you like that cooler effect? Mm-hmm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love that. I have things to play with now. Would you have done, do you think anything to the eyes? It's almost as though the iris, I mean, are his eyes that, his, his iris is that vibrant? Yeah, I think, I mean, they might be, potentially I added a little bit of vibrance and then I know I, I sharpened them, um, just the pupils, but, um, so yeah, good, Zoe. pull up the original. Yeah. Thank you. It's one of my favorites. Jesus. It is so damn good. All right. We're going to switch tactics here. We're going to go into a speed round to close out for these questions. The idea is it's a speed round. I'm going to ask the question you answer. The truth is, if you go a little long, nobody really knows or cares. So give whatever answer you want. But the idea behind it is you, you got to go with it. Your top okay. photography tip. Oh, um, uh, shoot. My top photography tip. That's a hard one. Uh, I think directional light. Uh, if you're out in the world and you can find some sort of cover or shade um, to immediately give the light direction. Um, it's really helpful versus it just being blasted from everywhere from the sun. Okay. Top tour photography tip or music photography oh. tip could be either one. Uh, don't stand where everyone else is standing. Cause you're going to get the same shot. Try to pull back and, and get a more interesting perspective. I mentioned to you earlier that I did a thing with El Micaias for quite a while during the pandemic. And one of the questions he would always ask, and so I have to ask it in, in Adam's honor, uh, when you're on tour, shower shoes, yes or no? No, but I probably should. Okay. <laughs> Biggest photo mistake you have made or almost made? Uh, there's definitely been some uh, uh, damaged cards or hard drives. I've lost some photos that I deeply regret losing. Favorite composition rule, if you have one? Um, break the rules. I like it. Favorite band or performer? Gotta go with Macklemore. Best live show. I gotta see it some someday. Uh, favorite drink? Whiskey. Really? Yep. Whiskey. Oh, you and me are going to be friends. <laughs> there you go. I collect whiskey. I've got now. I, well, I was just at Imaging USA, which I went to specifically because it was in Louisville. And I wanted to do my second trip to the Bourbon Trail. I now have about 180 bottles of whiskey. Wow. See, I, I would just drink them. That's the problem. I'm not very good at collecting them, but that's cool. Oh, my collection is not to sit on a shelf. I am willing to open any bottle that I own, there's a couple I'm holding until my kid comes home. And next time he's home, I'll probably open them, but it's a working collection. Last one, favorite movie or TV show? Uh, Fight Club. Interesting choice. Didn't see that coming. And to finish out, is there any photographer out there that you don't think gets enough attention that people should know about and follow? Oh, um, that's a great one. There's so many that I, I feel unfair giving just one. 
Um, and I have a list and I don't have it up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have one. Okay. That works for me. So again, Zoe, thank you so much for doing this. I do want people to be able to find you. So if people want to find you, what's your website? Uh, rainstudio.com. Rainstudio.com. R-A-I-N studio.com. Instagram, it's Zoe Rain Photo, correct? Yep. Okay. So folks, go follow Zoe. Uh, give her some love. Uh, follow her everywhere. If you like this show, please refer it to people. But Zoe, thank you so much for doing this. It took us a while to get this going. And I am so glad that we did. I really, 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 really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. It's been fun. It's great to meet you and uh, a great chat. Oh, we got to have a whiskey together. This is going to be amazing. I would so, love that. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. So folks, a couple of notes here. First of all, make sure that you go check out the blog post associated with this show. Every show that I do, there's a blog post at behindtheshot.tv. If you want to follow me, it's stevebrazel.com is the portfolio. It's like the country of Brazil, but two L's. Or if you want to hit me up on social media, uh, Twitter, Mastodon, Blue Sky. It's not Twitter, X. Okay, whatever. Uh, Instagram, all of those. It's at Steve Brazel. Again, like the country of Brazil, but two L's. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw, please make sure that you hit subscribe, hit the bell, choose that you get the notification always. And any links that we mentioned are in the description on YouTube. But if you want the full blog post and all the links as well, you can again, head over to the website. It's behindtheshot.tv. Again, thank you so much to my guest this time around, Zoe Rain. Make sure that you join us next time as we take a look inside the mind of a great photographer by taking a closer look behind the shot. Yeah.